Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Chillin' and Killin' with me... Oh my god, I almost said me, John. <laughs> yeah, I can go me, Jade. <laughs> and me, John. Exactly, there we go. Oh, a total panic there. You really rattled it off the start as well. Like, welcome back to the Jill and Killing Podcast. It's me, Jade, and John. Who is John? You really went for that. I was quite impressed. I panicked a little bit. I don't know. Sometimes when we do the intro, it really freaks me out. And I've just, like, paused. I just can't think of anything else other than the fact that I've paused. It just takes a while to, like, so you're sitting pick there up going, again. I need to talk because I've paused. And you think to yourself, what I paused. What do I say? What do I say? Yeah, like 100%. That's exactly how it goes all the time. Don't have ever get through it, if I'm being honest. We've got the magic of editing. So people at home think, wow, see that, Gigi's she's always really slick in the intro because you cut like 60 minutes of you going, uh, Yeah, like 60 minutes of me just going, shit, say something, say something, say something, say something. But in reality, it just sounds like this. See? The power of silence. <laughs> Yeah, so guys, um, update, John's back at work, which is delightful for me. Bit long for John, like, and then coming home and recording podcast, John's a tired man, he's less energetic, he's at less, you know, like, spurts of energy, less... Pizzazz? Pizzazz, that is fucking, that is a fucking word. Let's Pizzazz. Yeah, so, well, John's been at work all day, Jade should have been writing this podcast. However, I do get distracted by well, anything shiny, reflective, Thor, the TV, just a anything. phone that has access to all the information in the world. I- I'd like to say, like, oh, Jade, I can't believe you. You have, like, two phones, all the, all the electronics in the world. <laughs> How you don't get distracted all the time is a wonder to me. That's so true. You're so right. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad thing. Like, when you've got to try and get beat like that, she who shall not be named on Candy Crush. 
Like, mm. you can't let that slip. Yeah. <coughs> Level 260? 460? 460. Well, then you've got a crippling addiction to the addictive game. Probably 465 <laughs> by the time this comes out, just so she knows. We go, go like bash it, man. just go, John, I spent the money, John, rather than doing the podcast, getting to level 622. <laughs> On Candy Crush, thank you. <laughs> oh my god, she's going to kill me. So exciting. Yeah, so, um, guys, this week's podcast uh, was going to be something a little bit different, but I changed my mind today and done something completely different from what we agreed. I'm so sorry about that. Yes, it's all right. John's got, like, a documentary under his belt rather than the when we were sitting in the room listening to a documentary and the other person was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That was a weird documentary, right? Oh, yeah, the Dateline one. Yeah, because, like, the this is weird. unrelated to this one, just an FYI. But there was a documentary, so we watched it, and mm-hmm. then it repeated. Mm-hmm. But 90% it was the same, but, like, there was some new information in it. But it just essentially doubled the length of the documentary, but only it used, like, pretty much half the stuff you've already seen. Yeah. What is the point of that? It's just, just, just give me the new stuff. <laughs> I just want to see the new things, please. Thank you, bye. Yeah, so they like, you guys sit through this shit again, like, mate, I've, I've, that was, it, it was intriguing the first time, I know we are gone, then, then I thought it just, the documentary for some reason had just doubled up, or like, was repeating, it wasn't. You know what pisses me off? The what? documentary that we wanted to watch isn't available, that honestly infuriates me so much, like, you watch a good documentary, and it's maybe done like a year or two ago, and then it fucks off, and it's not there, and it's not there, and you're just like... It's, fuck? No. it's just like all these tiny little snippets of like three minutes. Yeah. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Or when Netflix is like, we you Google it. search, we've got it, and then you go get it. It's like, not in your country. Not in your country. Oh, something went wrong. No. Oh, we've lost this page. How dare you? Did you mean? And you're like, no, I fucking uh, didn't mean four weddings and a funeral. Or you go to Amazon, and you're like, oh, fucking got an Amazon. And I've got Amazon Prime, so oh, go hallelujah. me. No, you may buy it. It's a fucking joke. Or the worst thing Amazon does, right? They'll key, they have the audacity to give you like four seasons of a five season show, right? <laughs> and then it's not that, it's not like, oh, well, what's this season for like a couple of pounds? It's usually like, oh, well, what's this season? 1999. For this episode. Uh, <laughs> it's just matter, like, we're left in a cliffhanger. How like, do you? You watch, <laughs> you watch like episode one through to like 21, and then episode 22, the season finale, it's like, £400. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously me and Amazon Prime are not friends right now because of the whole cancellation of the membership thing. Yeah, I get that. I yeah. get that. So we, oh, when I say we, I had a student membership for Prime and I paid £39 for the year, which is fantastic. And there, well, there was no money in my account because I was poor. But I updated my card details to money that was in the account. And for some reason Netflix, no, not Netflix, Amazon, Amazon Prime just, to take just didn't take my money from me. And then they waited like four weeks, even though the money was there. And well, they they just cancelled my membership, saying that I hadn't updated my details, which I had. One of those best guys. In the <sighs> I I got to see this mid watching an episode of House, and oh Jade God. just losing her shit. Just oh, just take the money, just take the money, well, just give me House back. Well, the thing was right, so I was like <laughs> mid episode, and I paused. The only pause went to go and like 
don't know, get something, go to the bathroom, what, hug Thorpe, whatever the fuck it was. And then it was just like, play. Sorry, you don't have Prime. You must have Prime to watch this, or you can buy this episode for two forty nine. I'm not gonna buy a fucking episode that I've watched halfway through for two forty nine. That's not even the full episode. Like, I want to buy it for less than that if I'm gonna buy it. Fucking joke. Are you telling me you think they should now like prorate episodes? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I watched thirty minutes of this. I will pay you half price. <laughs> then like the Amazon customer service guy comes in and starts like, oh, we'll haggle with you for a wee bit. Yes, <laughs> yes. There I'll get to you for one fifty. No, no, no. One twenty five is the best, best um. How about one thirty? And you're like, why not? Because I don't want to make yourself look like a, I don't want to make yourself look like a bam to big Jeff Bezos. <laughs> one twenty nine. Is it not Benzos? Benzos, Benzos, be the trillionaire. Oh, sorry, soon to be trillionaire. Ah, fuck, he's got enough money. He should change his name. Yeah, you can fund it. Fund his own country. Uh, maybe Amazon we'll land. Amazon land. Yeah. We still can't get like one day delivery for Prime. <laughs> No, it's like, we'll tell you it's one day delivery. It's not. It's not. Oh, you've, had, you've been burned so many times so by many that. That's so sad. Amazon one day delivery is a shit show. Yeah. Not for me, I normally do get it, but for you. I get same day delivery, actually. Just just an FYI, we live at the same address. <laughs> but they dislike you more. A great deal, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, um, that's another therapy session for another time about Amazon. Um, let's just jump right into this week's episode. I don't want to. Well, we're going to. So our story starts with Charity Lee, but what we're going to do is give you a little bit of background on Charity before jumping into the main story. So in the summer of 1980, when Charity was just six, year old, six years old, couldn't say that there, the police found the body of Bobby Bennett Jr. in his home outside of Atlanta. He'd been shot several times in the back with a 357? Is it how? Is there a specific way to say that specifically? Anyway, a 357 Magnum execution style. So, I thought execution style was like when you like get on your knees and then you like wear a gun at the back of the head and you like bang, 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 right? But apparently it's just been shot within close range. Okay, well, so I'm going to jump in here and say, see when you say bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, bang. What kind of action style, execution style do you watch? Because <laughs> whenever I watch it in mob movies, any kind of movies, like criminal movies, armor movies, the execution style is for the sole purpose of back in the heat. One bullet. If you're watching a movie where the guy's got the gun at the back of the seat and going bang, 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 he's doing it right. Pew, 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 pew. And I would, I would happily call bullshit. I would say execution style. If you ask like a hundred people on the street, I think ninety-nine percent would say, yeah, execution style is when you get a gun to the guy's head and he's down on his knees. But that's what I thought as well. But I'm just telling you what I found out on the internet. And that's not always right. Alright, we'll sound. It might cool. be this time, but still. Okay. I'll fight it. You go, you go, girl. Amazingly, the main suspect in this case would be Kyla Bennett. Kyla Cha- Bennett. Ky- Kyla? <laughs> Kyla? I'm going to give you the easy names. I, 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 I thought I got it. Kyla Bennett. Kyla. Ky- Kyla? Kyla. Kyla. Kyla Bennett. Kyla Bennett. Stop it. Kyla. That's a fucking easy name of you. Yes, yes it is. Um, I apologise. The main suspect would be Charity's mother. See, there you go, how easy there is that? Okay. Kyla Bennett. There you go, well done. <laughs> Although the couple had been separated for some time, they, re- they remarried just 57 hours before the murder during a whirlwind trip to Las Vegas. That's never a good sign. Getting married twice or Las Vegas? Both. Alright, well, I agree there. Well done. 
So Charity's mother stood to take over the family lucrative trucking business if anything was to happen to Bennett Jr. Imagine liking someone so much you marry them twice. Mate, she killed him. She didn't like him. I'm you sound saying. like a tit. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like, wow, you got right in there, haven't you? Wow, <laughs> shit. I just thought it was true love and something unfortunate happened. She, she, what? <laughs> <laughs> this whole backstory because of like this is shady shit, guys. Like you should know about this. Like her mother potentially killed her father before it. Like and you're going. I just thought it was true oh my love. My God, it's true love. They got married twice. And he just happened to die, and she inherited the company. Actually, <laughs> bitch, she didn't inherit the company. The company was already hers. Mm. Which you'll find out in this next part. <laughs> And an interview Jade found on YouTube because I you. didn't find it. Uh, Kayla mentions that the business yeah. was her own and everything was in her own name. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. Why did you need to marry her husband then? Well, I think like I think he ran the business. So why the fuck fire him? I don't fucking know. I wasn't there. I was nineteen eighty. I wasn't even born. She also goes on to mention how her husband's father, so Charity's grandfather, was involved with the Georgian Georgia George. mafia. The Georgia Mafia. <laughs> oh, that's that is fucking fantastic. Like, that's what the it's all Georgia. About. So not Georgian Mafia, the yeah. Eastern European country. Georgia. So mm-hmm. the Hillbilly Mafia. Wow, well, I don't think you should say that. It's gonna come get me. No, I just think it sounds really shit. That's what it's supposed to. Be. I apologise that I'm demeaning an organised crime family. You should be. It's How like people being like, oh yeah, the the Scottish Mafia just sounds like shit. It should sound like shit. I don't want us to like big it up and go. This is why we say the clan teams. mafia. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds quite good, actually. Exactly. Anyway, Kyla described her and Charity's relationship as living until Charity reached the age of twelve. Um, and by the way, like in an interview that I watched, not that John watched, but I watched, um, Kyla says that the whole family were manipulators, and so she says that you know. Charity was a manipulator, her dad was a manipulator, so was she. I think she mentioned she had a sister, but I didn't go too far into it. And then she says, I don't need to manipulate the work, I don't need to manipulate contracts. And then she just casually throws in that she doesn't need to manipulate the jury anymore. Just That's, at the end, just do it away. Because, amazingly enough, she was tried, charged, and then acquitted of like the crime for hire of trying to get her husband killed. That I'm going to be controversial and say... She very much likely did. No, no, she loved him. She loved him so much. Mate, it's that thing though, it's cool. She might also be a sociopath, correct? Yeah. Psychopath. Psychopath. So apparently when Charity was a bit older, right, she went back to the prosecutor's office in Georgia and asked to see like some of the evidence that was against her mum and they gave her this like fucking napkin or a piece of paper that her mum apparently drew like of the house indicating which door was unlocked dun 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 that's less dun 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 and more how the fuck did they how did she not get arrested it was the 80s it was serial kills everywhere mate I'm sick of this shit I'm sick of the fucking <laughs> it was the 70s it was the 80s they were shit years like, they were shit, shit years but shit see for years. serial killers they were fucking the peak years we know this I'm sick yet. Well, I'm starting to believe that serial killers are not as smart as we all think they are. They're not as cool as we all think they are. They were just, they had a golden heyday and they've been trading that for the past 20 fucking years. It's, it's been more than 20 years since the 1980s. There you are, said 30. It's been, cool. it's been more they, than 30. 40. Feel good about yourself. Feel good about yourself, do you? Yeah. 
putting a good just man down. Sometimes you count cash for a living. <laughs> I mean, you're just saying putting a good man down. If you're going to be yourself. One, two. Well, your fingers. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, I've only got this many. <laughs> if it's past ten, I'm fucked. <laughs> two settings. Ha, ha, let me get my shoes and my socks off and let me count your change. Jaden, need your FaceTime you. I need your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! How do you make it through your day sometimes? I don't know. With a calculator, that's yeah, how. Nah, that's wonderful. I count ten my fingers, then use calculator. I count all ten, and just go like that. What's what's amazing? So now that we've looked at Charity's unfortunate past with her mum, you know, being a murderer or you know, acquitted murderer, whatever. <laughs> her work's not mine. <laughs> Let's look at her life as an adult. By the time Charity was a teenager, she was hooked on heroin. No, nah, no. See all the drugs you get hooked on. That is not the fucking one. <laughs> I just don't like. I don't understand people that just, just jump right in. Just jump right in. It's like fuck it. Yeah, bag of heroin. That'll fucking do. Well, I mean, I don't understand drugs anyway, but still. And I'm not lie. It's not like you. You, you know, there was a there was a, like a timeline. I tried to go. Well, I started with a wee bit of aspirin, then I got up to weed, <laughs> and I went. You know, fuck it, heroin. <laughs> And like at that point, Jordan had a strange relationship with mother and the drugs, so they probably did it up. And then when you think about it, that's also what teenagers do with their parents, don't get on. But then you've got to front the situation of don't get on because I'm a teenager and I'm doing heroin. Oh yeah, and you may or may not have murdered my father. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah, (laughs) allegedly. (laughs) And then at the age of 18, Charity was addicted to heroin. Fucking... So she started a teenager, hopefully, when that, see when you say that, like, started a teenager, I'm really hoping, my, my, wee, my wee golden heart, that that was 17. And she didn't start at the age of, like, 13, until 17, she was just taking heroin. No idea, I couldn't find any information. I really, I really hope not. Uh, and my mum did finally make the decision to get her house, in which, uh, I understand, as, as hard as that may be, I do understand that. Yeah, well, you know. She did murder her fucking dad, so she did not get a heart. Yes, of Anyway, Charity said that her mum gave her $100 and told her that she could either use it to find help or score a place to overdose. Well, pretty brutal. Have you ever been kicked out of the house? No. Have you not? No. Shut up. Were you expecting yes? I absolutely was, yeah. Mate, I'm fucking adorable. Who would kick me out? I'd kick you out. No, you wouldn't. Your fucking arrogance. How do you? <laughs> See, that's the thing. You're doing that out of spite, but it's not because you dislike me or want to kick me out. I've been kicked out of the house. I know, but like, I mean, you're my pure battle axe. Yeah, that's so true. It was only for <laughs> two days, and she'd be like, come home now, I miss you. And I was like, mm, kind of enjoy this freedom mm-hmm. of not so much. Free like a bird. <laughs> someone's not asking me where I'm going, you know, when I'm just Mate, going out. <laughs> fucking you stay here. I think everybody hates it. See when I grow up, I like to see however I have children. See when they go, oh, wait, I'm just going to go, right, Bye. chill. See you later. Be home safe. Fucking free house. Thank God. But seeing people, like, as you stay. I hate that one, lovely. Where are you going? How does that matter? Like, oh my God. if you I'm going somewhere I'm not supposed to, I'm not going to go to school, some heroin. I'm just going to go Just going out. Like, it's honestly like the Spanish Inquisition. It's like, Aye. right, okay, I'm away out. It's like, where are you going? It's like, I'm just going out. Who with? What time are you back? What are you going to be doing? You got money? You got this? Blah, 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 blah. You got to work tomorrow? What time are you working? And you're like, oh, shut up. Can, can, can you hear a wee minute? What, just on your GPS tracker on, behind your ears? Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> Is that a microchip? No, 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 no. Yeah, and you go, and you go. <laughs> Fucking mental sortings. So anyway, so Charity ended this, uh, sorry, and that does not make sense. So Charity ends up coming up with a compromise. She made the decision to spend half the money on drugs and the other half on petrol for her car to get her to a halfway house. 
And then Charity managed to stay clean for a year, which I think is pretty incredible considering she was hooked on heroin. Like, that must have been a fucking bitch. I'd like to say I can comment, but... I've never done it. Never done it, exactly. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, she even enrolled in the University of Tennessee, but even after staying clean for all that time, she and starting to get her life together, Charity still felt the cravings and was making her miserable. And, like, I know it's not the same thing, right? I don't want you having a go at me, but I can totally relate to having, like, a fucking hard craving, by the way. Like, see, like, Nutella? Like, see when you have Nutella, right? And then you just stop having it for a bit. And you're, like, fucking, you dream about it and stuff. Me, I'm not even going to engage with you at all. <laughs> like, you can fuck me off if you're going, like, you're in the middle of half your house going, I just want all you guys to know, I understand your plight. <laughs> After the Nutella monkey on my back for staying here. <laughs> just can't get him up. I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying it's the same, it's not. <laughs> just saying, like, that's the epitome of a first world problem. <laughs> yeah, going, absolutely. I've not had a heroin crit, like... Have not in the middle of the night got up and just fucking spoon filled a good handful of Nutella in so long. I've not actually. This is my one year sober chip. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not saying it's the same. I know it's not even remotely the same. I just mean like that level of craving, mm. like like feeling that you kind of need it. Obviously, it's vastly different. She, of course, like, as she was off drugs, she said she was horrible the whole time and couldn't believe it was so hard. And that's like, this is exactly addiction. Like, because you stop doing the drug. Even a year after, your body can still have the side effects of, hey, hey I'm really sore. Hey, I'm really sore. Fancy some heroin. It's why like, it's so hard to get off drugs sometimes. Because, like, it takes such a dedicated effort for your entire life. Yeah, like, I think, so, I've never I've never tried drugs, so I don't know what that's like. But, like, I thought, see, when people choose not to do it, so when people choose to get clean, sober, regardless of however long that's been, I just kind of thought, like, they chose it, they went through that really, really shit time of detox and blah, 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 blah. And then that was it. And I thought, right, okay, that's that's it. And then see when she just explained that she was still miserable like the year after, mm-hmm. even though she was clean getting her life together, I just thought, fuck, that's a fucking lot of effort. No, that, that's a lot of, like... It's like the, an uphill battle all the time. Like, 19 out of 10, 10 like, the drugs aren't, like, a Did problem. Did you say 19 times I've out of 10? 19 out <laughs> of 10, like, drugs aren't a problem or, like, a symptom, if you know what I mean. Like... You don't start doing drugs because, yeah, well, I'm fine. Some people do, and, like, they're usually mad, but even then, they're doing, they're doing it because, like, I'm bored, mm-hmm. or, like, I have any joy in my life, or like that. But other people, like, they're doing it to escape, and see if you don't fix those problems, then, like, the chances of you going back and doing drugs again are really high. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, like, once you get that kick for it, like, you get your addictive personality, usually, the people that keep doing it. Yeah. So you, like, do you want to really take the edge off this? For example, okay. I go, hey, I want to take the edge off this. A beer, but it's somebody who used to use heroin. Go, why not really take off the edge of this? A bag of heroin. A wee good shot of heroin. Oh, don't tap your arm when <laughs> you do this it. This is what creep. I'm saying. You're disgusting. Anyway, Charity chose to chose sorry to make a pact with herself, um, and she decided that if she still felt this way in three months' time, she would commit suicide by overdosing. But roughly a month before the deadline that she set for herself, Charity would discover that she was pregnant with her first child. She gave birth to a baby boy named Paris Lee Bennett on the 10th of October 1993. Charity said that her child saved her life and she would remain clean and sober. Charity would soon find love again with Jonathan Smith. It's nice to have like, an easy name to say. Like, I really, specifically gave you that like, so you would fuck Jonathan up. Jonathan Smith. Who can fuck Jonathan Smith? Never thought he could fuck Kyla, but they did. Kayla? 
Kayla. I did it, didn't I? You fucking wank. <laughs> anyway, Charity and Jonathan would have a daughter that they named Ella, but sadly the relationship would soon fizzle out between them and Charity would move the kids to Dallas to be closer with her mother who had just recently been diagnosed with breast cancer. At this point, she was a single mother and working long nights to get a concert promotions business venture off the ground. This is when she relapsed on cocaine. This deeply troubled Paris. Charity said she was using for around six months and knew this had a big impact on Paris. I imagine it would have. Yeah, using cocaine. Like, it's weird because is cocaine not an upper and heroin's a downer? I've not got a fucking clue. Well. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know why I think no, no. on that now. So, like, I think it makes it not make sense. I'm not saying there's any justification for it. I don't mean it like that. But, like, no, like, so it's that's a concept not what you said. Shut up. You didn't justify it. You just said, I think. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash post. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That. 
in a concert promotion business, like concerts are like a big thing for like drugs, like a big yeah. drug scene. Not all concerts, I'm not saying that, and again, like not all festivals, but like it is one of those things that people will go and take drugs at. So I think maybe just like the wrong mix of people who try to promote something like that, maybe something that drew her back into that lifestyle, which is quite sad after I spend all that time being sober. I'm going to add that you know what a job is. What? I don't know what a job is. She promoted concerts. I don't know what that is. What do you mean? Like, she promoted concerts. Like See, exactly. See there's something fucking talking about. After you said, I don't know what it means, I was looking for you for an explanation, and you just said, she the what did your friend? Right, okay, so if we scroll further down, this is my interpretation of it. It may not be right. So you know when you're on Sucky Hole Street, right? Yes. And you're walking down Sucky Hole Street, and you got these guys being like, oh, where are you going tonight? Where are you going tonight? No. And you're like, what part of Sucky Hole Street are you walking down? Any side of Sucky Hole Street, I do not get people right, Okay, well, you on. don't get approached, right? But the, for the normal person who's not got a face that says, fuck off, you walk down Sucky Hole Street, like, where are you going tonight? And you're like, oh, I'm going to go to your garage. And they're like, oh, no, here's some, like, here's some free entry for a Kokomo. And you're like, oh, and it's like, oh, pound a drink, right? So I think something like that, except for, like, a concert. That's what cool. I get at. It's like, here. Know, I'm telling your mum, you walk down Sucky Hole Street and you let strangers talk to you and you talk back. Wow. Fucking... True Crime 101, don't talk to strangers. I'm not talking to strangers on my own. This is on a night out. <laughs> That's how a mass murder happens. I don't believe it is. I'm just saying, when people try and approach me and talk to me, unless I know them, I'm like, I need an adult. <laughs> you are the adult. Oh, see. Mm, see I how that have, one worked out there? I may have got myself in a few situations. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so Charity tried moving back in with Ella's fa- father in Alabama. But the relationship turned sour, and shortly afterwards, she brought the kids back to live with her mother's sprawling ranch in Seymour, Texas. What's a sprawling ranch? It's a, like, imagine a farm, although they keep livestock, cattle, or, like, horses there. Like, a lot of grass for them to range and eat stuff. Like old McDonald's? No, that's a farm. farm. That's a farm. Ranch is, like, South America. I say South America. Southern United States and Central United States are like big ranches. Well, we've got enough American listeners that I'm sure if you're wrong, they're definitely going to tell us. They probably are, but like, I'm pretty sure it's mostly for cattle. Okay. I'll take your words for it because I don't fucking know. Anyway, the things they got more chaotic for chaotic, sorry, for the small family. Charity said it was just like this perfect shitstorm, <laughs> she recalled. Her dysfunctional relationship with her mother reached a breaking point. Meanwhile, she was still struggling to keep clean. Must have been like really shit living there. Like if you really dislike your mum and you've got children and you're trying to keep off drugs. Yeah, like fucking nightmare. Like she said, a shitstorm. Yeah. Yep. Once Charity had stepped away for a minute and one of the housekeepers shouted at Paris, he then grabbed a kitchen knife and bolted out the door. When she and her mother finally tracked him down, Paris was waving the knife at them. His grandmother managed to grab the blades and Charity wrapped her arms around him. He just collapsed into a heap on the floor, she recalled. We didn't know what was wrong with him. What the fuck is your do? Like, would you do if your child just grabbed a fucking knife? Take him out. John Wick style. Execution <laughs> <Yeah>. style. <laughs> on your knees, bitch. You brought a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> that honestly must have been petrifying, though. Like, that experience. Like, he just got shouted at by one of the housekeepers, probably for just being a wee fucking dick. And, well... Grabs a knife. Wouldn't it be great, like, if it just, like... And then his grandmother drop kicked him. <laughs> <laughs> like, something really crazy. Like, it's a bad story, but it would be really good if it ended, like... 
and his mother drop kicked him or like his like it was a wrestling combo move. <laughs> like he threw him up and he's more DDT dumb. <laughs> Have you seen oh um is it Talagades and Nights, the story of Ricky Ricky Bobby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the twins in it, it's like Chip, I'm a coming to you like a spider monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your fucking face, old man! I'll slap the shit out of you! Like that. Yeah, I fucking love that shit. Yeah, imagine that. Right, now we're getting to, like, the crux of the story. And, like, the main reason we picked this. So, on the 4th of February, 2007, Charity were working on an additional shift at Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm gonna lie, I would go there to eat. I would like, also go there Buffalo to eat. Buffalo Wild Wings. It's... I'll purposely put the name of it in there because I think it sounds great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, she tiled the babysitter for Paris and Ella that night. The babysitter took the kids out for Chinese food, then took them back home, and they'd watch a cartoon rendition of Alice in Wonderland. Never seen it. You've never seen I've the cartoon? I've never seen any that. of it. Like, I've not seen the cartoon one, the remake, or any other fucking one that they've done. I just want to jump in and say, see my babysitters? Mm-hmm. When I was young, they were clearly dropping the fucking ball because they did not take me out for Chinese, Chinese food. food. They no, don't. me neither. Did you immediately go like that like, oh? No, I was kind of like, ugh, stuck with my big sister when I was younger who, like, didn't do anything at all except ignore me. Oh. Bitch. Well. <laughs> <laughs> this is when... Sorry, she doesn't listen to this podcast. Yet. Yet. Uh, Ella was put to bed and Paris went to his room to finish off some homework. Sometime around 10pm, Paris convinced the babysitter that she could go home. Now, like, I'm thinking, how did he manage to do this? Because he was 13 and she was 21. So I'm maybe thinking that he said, you know, I'm definitely old enough to watch my little sister. Like, she's in bed, she's sleeping. Like, mum will be home soon kind of thing. Like, I don't think she would have left otherwise. I get the impression that you ran at the kitchen, pulled a knife and go, I've been here before <laughs> and you've not got my grand way. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was after that, according to the detectives, that Paris grabbed a kitchen knife, spoiler John, mm-hmm. and walked into the bedroom where Ella was sleeping. He then proceeded to beat, choke and stab his four-year-old sister 17 times. An autopsy report noted a cluster of deep stab wounds on Ella's chest along with numerous cuts to her fingers, wrists and forearms, indicating that she fought back. Parasyn called a friend to say he'd hurt his sister. A call police say lasted nearly six minutes. How can you be talking for six minutes on the phone to your friend? I don't know why that was the first person he called. Exactly. When he hung up, he waited two more minutes before calling 911 to report the murder. When When he called 911, a dispatcher told Paris to move Ella from the bed which was covered in blood, to the floor to perform CPR. He was very resistant at first, but appeared to let her comply with her request. According to the report from one of the detectives who listened to the dispatcher's call. On the call, the dispatcher tells Paris to give Ella 30 chest compressions at a time. On tape, Paris can be heard counting out the compressions, but when the police arrived on the scene, there was hardly any blood on the floor and Ella was still in the bed. He didn't even attempt to perform CPR on his sister. The police went to Buffalo Wild Wings to inform Charity of what happened. They first said that Ella had been hurt, and when Charity asked to go where Ella was, they simply said she's dead. That must have been absolutely heartbreaking. Like I watched an interview on this part, and she—I know, like I didn't expect her to be upset, but she still cries when she tells that part because she said that when they said that Ella was hurt, like her immediate reaction was like, "Take me to her. Like where yeah. should take me to her?" And then secondly, she was like. What about Paris? Is Paris okay as well? And then they just had to tell that her daughter was dead. Heartbreaking. 
After all that, Charity would go to see her son in a juvenile justice centre. At this point, she had seen Ella's body and read the doctor's report. She said, I had no idea Ella had suffered as much as she did. Then she read on the reports that detectives had discovered semen on the bed where they found Ella and inside the shorts Paris was wearing that night. She confronted him and told him that she knew what he'd done was on purpose. He laughed in his mother's face and said, it took you fucking long enough. Paris got angry when his mum asked him about the semen in the shorts and flipped the table, stormed away and punched the wall. Charity said that she found it difficult because the prosecutor was looking for evidence to convict him but she also had to go and visit his defence attorney and he'd be looking for information to make sen- the sentence lighter and she said that she felt stuck in the middle so she felt that when she went to the prosecutor she had to be Ella's mum and when she went to the defence attorney she had to be Paris's mum and that completely destroyed her. So uh, cl- clearly we see Paris was a dick. Mm-hmm. Like, a dirty wee dickhead. Really, really hate him. Like, really, I'm not a fucking fan of him. So two months before the sentencing, he punched a peer several times in his face in the basketball court. The boy never fought back. That's a shame, because I've seen like him as a wee boy. He's a scrawny wee fucker. Mm-hmm. Later that month, he flooded his room and then lunged at staff that responded, like I'm assuming in the place he was in. Mm-hmm. But this is the thing. See, for me, I couldn't walk in there. Why? Because, like, I would have known what he's done. Then he lunged at me. I was like, dude, like, I'm a fully grown fucking man. And you're, like, a 13-year-old belt. You're only little, though. Mate, still <laughs> far bulkier than a scrawny 13-year-old Wayne. Fight me. Fight me. You're so little, Joe. <laughs> you're little, too. Fight me. You're a 13-year-old, like, boy. Fight me. You're the, you must be, like, the height of Leonard in Big Bang Theory. He might be taller, actually. I'm, I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> I'm sick of the abuse I get. I'm leaving. No, you're not. I know. <laughs> Charity almost cut ties with Paris twice. The first time was when he filed for emancipation shortly after he was transferred to a youth correctional facility. The second time was when she read a letter Paris wrote to one of his counsellors, which Charity calls Paris Manifesto. In it, her son talks about murdering the daughter in vivid, troubling detail and about deep resentment towards his mother because of her drug use. Wow. So, like, throughout the... I don't think you've seen the Piers Morgan documentary, but I watched it, like, maybe last year, the year before. And he says that he he killed his sister just so his mum would suffer. So he says that he was going to kill his mum, but he said that she would only suffer for about 10, 15 minutes in pain. But if he killed his sister... um. She would suffer a lifetime because her sister, well, the daughter would die and he'd be taken away, so she'd lose both her children. How sad is that? I, like, refer you back to my wee dirty dick comment. Still stands true. Like, no, fair enough. I just, he's, he's, he's a psychopath. Yeah, no, he is. So, yeah. But we're going to move on to that anyway. Stop, stop ruining the future. I'm sorry, like, it's just, that's what it is. God's sake. So, what is a psychopath or psychopathy? The true definition of a psychopath in psychiatry is antisocial personality disorder, or ASPD. ASPD describes an individual who shows patterns of manipulation and violation to others. The term psychopathy is not an official diagnosis. So what are some of the signs of ASPD? Well, disregarding or violating the rights of others, inability to distinguish between right and wrong, that's your job, Difficulty with showing remorse or empathy. That's also you, John. Tendency to lie often. What? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wow. 
manipulating and hurting others, reoccurring problems with the law, and general disregard towards safety and responsibility. So checked off a few of them. <laughs> checked off a few. So I think that's really interesting because I think there's I think in today's kind of world we're so quick to go psychopath. You're an absolute psychopath. And not realise it's not an official diagnosis at all. Like I would be like you're an absolute psycho. I, I believe it's because it's been like generalised and like T V shows and stuff like that, so that's what you say. Yeah, but how it's many like, times do you just throw that word about? No, but that's saying like so, so I can guarantee it people would like understand that word a lot more than fucking anti social personality disorder. Like people would say like there's lots of technical terms for words but people don't use it, like real people don't use. Yeah, no, but that's what they're saying. So you've got ESPD and then like it's just this umbrella that houses everything else inside mm. that and psychopathy is just like an umbrella inside that but again it only fits like certain parts and it's really hard to diagnose and they said that like so children can display those kind of symptoms or behaviours and things like that but there would never be an official diagnosis of like ASPD until 18 like they would never formally diagnose anyone under the age of 18 with it that's weird why? I don't know I think it's because like the brains are still forming they're still learning like that kind of thing I'm just saying I think at like 15 something can definitely be like Oh no absolutely <laughs> No absolutely So Paris said himself that from the age of 8 he had like all this like resentment from his mum like he wanted to kill his mum when he was 8 and I don't think we've mentioned it already but he actually took a, an IQ test when he was 13 when he was 13 and he's got an IQ sto- sort of score of 141 which is in like what the top kind of percentile which is fucking mental like he's very intelligent all that intelligence and he's now behind bars, like, probably for the rest of his life. Yeah, well, at least until, well, he's got, like, I'm not going to say it because it's in the next part. But anyway, his gran said that, in, like, the interview, she said, like, he knows what he's done is wrong, but he just doesn't feel like it's wrong. And she said she could relate to that, and I was like, that's fucking weird. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I should tell you, maybe there's something wrong with that family. If not the whole branch of tree, definitely they do. If she's gone, he knows that he's done wrong, but it doesn't feel like it's wrong. Like it's not a justifiable thing. Mm. Like it's not like, well, I killed that terrorist to save mum's life. Like he murdered his sister because his mum started taking drugs, and he did it to spite her. Yeah, like he done it to hurt her. Exactly. Like for like for the rest of our life. Exactly. What that's that's not a justifiable thing. That's just a horrendously bad, fucking fucked up place you need to be. Like, like, almost like he's got a mental illness. <laughs> what, like ASPD? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so what, you're going, eh, made you to faking it. Faking it. I don't know, he's seen three, I think it was like three psychologists or psychiatrists, whatever fucking one it was, Um, when he was kind of like initially incarcerated, if you like, and then he was refused all kind of forms of testing. And but then, he has, is he not? Like, he said no, yeah. Yeah, he said no, yeah, afterwards. Because he says that he's not mentally ill. But, like, see, at the same time, like, they kind of say that if you're wired that way, you're wired that way as well. So he just thinks that's the way that he is and kind of thing. But the, the issue is, like, like people with that mental illness are also incredibly arrogant, arrogant, sorry. So they think they're right. Allergy. <laughs> so they think they're right anyway. So it wouldn't really help. Other pets will go, no, you do have it. And they're going, well, I'm smarter than you, but I don't. Yeah, I can understand that. Hmm. 
So he is selling a 40 year sentence for capital murder. He said selling, he's selling a 40 year sentence. Parisley Bennett is selling a 40 year sentence for capital murder in the Ferguson unit in the Texan State Prison. He's eligible, oh, he's eligible for parole in 2027. That's what, what? Yeah, <laughs> That's so soon? Yeah, look, seven years away, but yep. If this is denied, then he won't be released until 2047. Again, that's still in my lifetime. I don't want that. You, you think you're going to make it till 2047? I would really like to hope so. Like, you're you're definitely not. Yeah, it's only 20 years away from You're that. definitely not. Mate, fuck off. You're not there either. What murder you before me? Oh, that's on, that's on Good. tape now. Good. Everyone knows uh, my job. I, I, don't want, I want this to be that pure ominous thing that, like... On, People reflect uh, back uh, yeah, on exactly. saying he said he was going to do that. He said he was going to do that. And then I'm going to go on a bed death confession. I'm going to go deathbed confession. Yeah. Deathbed confession. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to like, send you down. And then you all kind of go... Get on your knees. Then my brother gonna go, This is the execution style, I want you to know that. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> FYI, for all our listeners out there all across the world, um, there's tiny little notes in some of my jackets and things like that that just says John did it, just in case anything does go wrong. I've planted even, them already. Even if <laughs> even he gets if like, you know, hit with a car, John, John did, did it. it. John did it. Plane crashes, John did it. John Attacked did by it. a pack of whale monkeys. John, John did it. Mm-hmm. So, Charity Lee Bennett has started her own foundation named the Ella Foundation after her daughter. And the mission for them is to aid those affected by violence, mental illness, and the criminal justice system. Charity has had another son called Phoenix Lee Bennett, and she still visits Paris to this day. No, nope, no. So, she's like, I don't know, she still says that she obviously still loves him to like the men and back, or the stars and back, I think she says. But I don't. I, don't think I, I believe it. again, like, see people who love unconditionally. I understand the concept of like it's your child, but there has there's no such thing as unconditional love. To have such a thing is crazy. Like to just go, I love you regardless of what you do. People like that, it's, it's just mad. It is genuinely mad. Like see something that's horrible acts. Like you can imagine, like he's she, he's killed your your daughter. He maybe went ill. He but still then... took like somebody's life away from them. But see, at the same time, neither me or you have kids, so we don't really understand that either. The very true. For any of you listeners that do have kids, does unconditional love really mean anything? Is that a real thing? Is it like how I love my dog? Unconditionally. Again, like... He does wrong all the time. I don't want to know that. I want to know, like, what's your limit to apparent unconditional love? Do you have a limit? Because I don't think unconditional sh- love has a limit, though. Exactly, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, oh, oh. is it a real thing? Like, do you have a limit? Would you do? Would you forgive your child for anything? Would you forgive your child if they went? I went, you know, mum. Uh, see, for the past fifty years, I invented a time machine and I went back <laughs> every single time and murdered every one of your ancestors. Everyone you ever know or loved is dead. And Did you take that from the vampire? Exactly. Days? So in the next <laughs> second, you're just gonna go with everybody, and I want you to know they all died horribly because of me. Still love me. I think my mum would. But that's because I'm definitely her favourite. So, as you said to your mum, the reason you don't have any of your fingers and only, like, two toes is because I took them off back in the past. Because <laughs> I took them from it. you because I didn't think they were necessary, uh, if I'm being honest. Again, like, that's, that's that should try to justify you being crazy. Well, maybe I am, but I guess I think that's why they call it unconditional love, which we don't know because we don't have kids. I'm just saying I believe unconditional love is mad. Absolutely, but do you love Thor unconditionally? No. Shut up. If he like murdered another puppy or like ate a child, I, I would look at him differently. Would you? Yeah. 
I don't. I still look at him as my precious boy. So you're saying that if the dog came, you try to rip your arm up, and then like, have you seen the movie Cujo? No. If you're saying if Falk was infected by rabies, try to break down a door, and had no intention to love you, but just try to kill you, you'd be like, hey puppy, how you doing little guy, are you okay? Maybe. You wouldn't scream, you wouldn't be fear, you wouldn't be scared. No, I mean I would be, but like I'd still love him, because he's still my puppy. He's not a puppy, he's five by the way, but yeah. And then again... It would appear like we're asking like the audience say like what's that about? What's your and really I can just look at you and go, Hey, you're fucking crazy. Well maybe, maybe so. But then again, like unconditional love between a parent and a child and you and a your dog. dog is different. Yeah, well I mean again, it's not something we'll ever understand unless we have kids, which yeah. is definitely not on the cards anyway, so kinda want to hear you guys' thoughts on unconditional love since you guys know what our thoughts are, regardless of how kind of scrambled they are. And well, our unconditional love is spot on. Mine's anyway. Right, don't know about yours. We're wrapping this up. Wrapping this up because, like, we went on for like a good five minutes about unconditional love. Just saying, <laughs> just saying, I have it for my dog. I'm not ashamed. Yeah, not ashamed. Okay, like, cool, 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 cool. I love him. Anyway, so yeah, guys, thanks for listening this week. Um, again, like, subscribe, share, tell your pals. T- maybe don't tell your parents. I don't think it's just an FYI. Pals translates to friends. Oh, tell your friends. Either way. Um, head over to our Instagram page, Chillin' and Killin' Podcast, um, Acast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, all the good stuff. And we'll see you next week, guys. I just want to jump in and say, please feel free to tell your enemies, your nemesis, your, like, the person you hate, your exes. Tell anybody you want about the podcast. I don't restrict it to friends and family. Just anybody. Passing strangers. The man who drives you home in the taxi when you're a bit drunk. The Uber driver? Anybody. Literally <laughs> a Postman. Just go, hey, hey Uber driver, can you put you Chan and kill him then, please? The, How uncomfortable would that make anyone feel? Just in. Just and then like, all you hear is, hey guys, welcome to, to Chan and Kellen. any Uber drivers out there, hi. Nice hi. <laughs> hi, please like, subscribe, if, and follow us on Instagram. Right. If you've um, been introduced by a random stranger in the back of your cab, welcome. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, take care and see you next week. Bye. Bye. 